You're listening to You Can't Take It With You, the KPMG Law Estate Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Higdon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Elena Speck. Both Elena and I are estate and trust lawyers with KPMG Law LLP. Our show is about estate planning and all the legal, financial, and tax issues involved. It's a huge topic, so each week we pick a manageable chunk of something we find interesting and we share it with our listeners. If you're a lawyer, an articling, or law student, a professional advisor, or someone who just wants to be prepared, this podcast is for you. On today's show, we're going to be exploring the differences between estate law in Quebec and Ontario. To give us insight, we're joined by two of our colleagues from KPMG Law, Helena Gagné, the executive director of our family office in Montreal, and Alexandra Ormond, an estate and trust lawyer from our Toronto office. So welcome to the program, both of you. As always, we start our show with a quick disclaimer. We are lawyers after all. Elena, will you do the honors? This podcast is intended to provide general information about estate planning and administration, and we cannot advise on anyone's unique situation. This is not legal advice. Estates law is a complicated area and everyone's circumstances are different. Please speak to your lawyer for general legal advice for your situation. KPMG Law is truly a global firm with offices in more than 140 countries, but this podcast will only speak to planning in Canada. All right. Well, that was very lawyerly said. Thank you, Elena. Okay, before we dive in, Helena, can you tell us a bit about the family office? What does a family office do? Of course. Thanks, Andrew. Well, KPMG Family Office is a team of professionals who understand the dynamics of a successful family, and we will work with every member of a family, of course, to provide tailored advice. And it goes from accounting to reporting to strategic philanthropy, family dynamics, as I said, tax strategy, and of course, estate, wills, and trusts. Oh, fantastic. That's such a good idea to have one office that deals with all of those issues together. I'm glad you're at the helm of our Montreal office. Okay, let's get started. First of all, why did we single out Ontario and Quebec? Well, it's less about Ontario and more about Quebec. Quebec is unique in Canada because it has a different legal system from other provinces. Isn't that right, Helena? Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. That's right. Uh, Quebec has always maintained a distinct legal tradition from the rest of Canada. While the other provinces have a legal system called the common law, Quebec has a civil law system. So it is a different system. And what's the main difference between those two systems? They have different sources of law. Generally speaking, uh, while the common law is based on the decision judges have made throughout history, the source of civil law is a code of laws, literally one civil code, which is called the Civil Code of Quebec since 1994. And we have one of the book in the Civil Code of Quebec is for um, what you would call in Ontario, I guess, uh, estate law. And what does that mean for estate planning and administration? Well, it's not just that the sources of law are different. The actual laws themselves are different and are um, underpinned by a different legal tradition. For example, what the other provinces refer to as an estate, we in Quebec describe it as a succession or what is referred as an executor uh, in the rest of Canada. We in Quebec describe it as a liquidator. And beyond having a different lingo, there's also a completely different set of rules that apply to making a will and the administration of the succession in Quebec. So Canadians should always be careful not to assume that planning made outside of Quebec will have the same effect as it does in their home jurisdiction and vice versa. Okay, thanks, Helena. So let's pick an, an example to illustrate some of the differences. How does somebody make a will in Quebec? Well, in Quebec, we, we have three different types of wills. So we have the holograph wills, wills made in the presence of witnesses, and notarial wills. And each type have specific uh, requirements or formalities for the will 
for the will to be enforceable. So before just going into the requirements for, for each types of will, I just want also to, uh, to emphasize on one thing that is maybe specific to Quebec. A couple cannot make one will for both individuals in Quebec. It's really each individual that have to make his or her own uh, will. So just to give you a bit of uh, the requirements that are needed for each of the types of wills. So, of course, the notarial will on the spectrum of the three different types, uh, that's that's the one that usually we would recommend to clients. Um, so a notarial will, is it's, it's harder to challenge for the succession, for the estate, for the heirs. Also, it's, it's, due to be, it's due to the fact that the notary who received the notarial will has made sure of the testator's identity, capacity, and that um, he or she agreed to the will and its content. Um, the notary also makes sure that everything is followed in terms of the legal rules for the uh, estate, for the succession. And the testator also gets the benefit of, of course, the advice from, from the notary. And we will discuss it later, but just to give you also uh, an idea that um, one thing that is advantageous about the notarial will is that it does not have to be probated after the death of the testator. Remember, Andrew, that I mentioned that we have a different lingo in Quebec. So, well, again, here, what we consider as probating a will in Quebec does not have the same meaning as it has in the rest of Canada. So, probate <laughs> right. <us> does not mean <laughs> probate in your, in your sense. So, just uh, following someone's death, a notarial will will be um, easy to find also for, for the heirs because it will be registered in uh, a registre de disposition testamentaire de la Chambre des notaires du Québec, which is actually a registry kept by the notaries at the Association of Quebec. And on the other side of the spectrum, as I said, there's the simplest kind of will that you could have, which is the holograph will, for which there are only two requirements. One, that the will must be written by hand and not on a computer or using another mechanical mean. And two, that the will must be signed by the person making the will. Even if you don't have... You don't need witnesses for that, for that type of wills. It's always a good idea to tell your, your loved ones, obviously, you know, where you keep your will and, and if you have prepared one. And the third type of will is a will signed in front of two witnesses. As you may have guessed, it's a will that is obviously signed by the testator and also by two witnesses together at the same time. And the witnesses must... Um, one confirmed that um, it is a testator's will and his or her signature, and also that um, the will is signed uh, after the testator has signed himself or herself the the, the will with the witness's initial uh, on each pages of the will. Um, this kind of will can be handwritten, typed, uh, or written with a computer. Um, and, and it's really all about the witnesses witnessing the signature from the testator and um, putting their initials on each page, on each pages. And if you have uh, done your will with a lawyer and did not sign the will in front of a notary, usually, usually it would be uh, a will signed in front of two witnesses, and that can also be registered. Uh, with the Registre de Disposition Testamentaire du Barreau du Québec, which is, again, the Quebec Bar Registry. Okay, thanks, Elena. How does that compare to Ontario, Elena? So it's actually not that much different. After hearing Helena's excellent explanation, we have a similar uh, regime for holographic wills. 
We have a similar regime for wills done in the presence of witnesses. What we do not have is a similar concept for a notarial will in Ontario, and we do not have a will registry in Ontario. Okay, so there's some significant differences there. Let's talk about what happens you know, on, on death. So when the writer of a will passes away, what happens in Ontario? Uh, Alexander, do you want to uh, chime in here? So in Ontario, we refer to the act of addressing a deceased person affairs as an estate administration. And the pool of assets that are left behind by the deceased is referred to as their estate. And it's the job of an executor to manage the estate. And the executor gets his or her authority from the appointment, which is made in the will. And this is actually enough at law to allow the executor to administer the estate. However, banks, other financial institutions, and the land registry office often won't take direction from the executor until the executor has proven to them that he or she has been properly appointed by a valid will. And the way that we prove the appointment and validity of a will in Ontario is by making an application to the Superior Court of Justice for what is called a Certificate of Appointment of a State Trustee with a Will. And you may have heard of this before um, by its old name, which was probate. And the Certificate of Appointment is what's used to prove to banks and anyone else that the executor is authorized to administer the estate? Yes, that's right. Okay. Helena, can you describe the process in Quebec for our listeners? And I, I noticed that you said that this process wasn't necessary for a notarial will. That's very interesting. Yeah, that's right, Andrew. It is not necessary for a notarial will. Um, that process is what I refer to as the probate as we know it in Quebec. Uh, it's a process by which wills are formally recognized by the court or a notary, and it's only required for holograph wills and wills made in the presence of two witnesses. It's just a procedure that does the following. It really confirms the identity of the person who wrote the will, notifies people who might inherit that a non-notorial will exists, so they can raise important issues, for example, that there is a more recent will, or argue against probating the will, for example, because they believe it is not an accurate one or it's not a, a true will. Uh, it also confirms that the will is the last will of the person who died and that it follows Quebec law. And during the probate process, the estate is um, is frozen, if I can say it that way. Mm -hmm. And after the will has been probated, then it evidences the authority of the liquidator, uh, what you refer to as the executor. Okay, great. So now we have a really general idea of the two systems. Let's talk about a common scenario that we see. What happens when somebody dies with property in both Ontario and Quebec? So here's an example. Somebody is resident in Ontario, living most of their life in a property in Ottawa, but they own a cottage across the Ottawa River in Quebec. So assuming that person, let's call him Mathieu, has a will made in Ontario, it's easier for him to administer his affairs in Ontario, but how will his cottage be handled in Quebec? Well, good question. As you say, since most of his property is uh, or in Ontario and his will is a, a will made according to laws of Ontario, an Ontario court is going to be familiar with his form of will and have no trouble granting a, a certificate of appointment of the state trustee if the will was properly made. Um, but as Alexandra described, the certificate will satisfy Ontario banks and institutions that Mathieu, uh, Mathieu's executor has the authority to administer Mathieu's Ontario assets. But in Quebec, uh, however, institutions may not be as comfortable relying on an Ontario certificate at a point. So in order for the executor named by the Ontario will to have the authority over the asset in Quebec, the executor typically has to apply to have the grant resealed in Quebec. 
and then and the Ontario will will have to be verified by the Quebec Superior Court before the property can be transferred to the heirs or the executor. Right. And in the reverse scenario where a person is ordinarily resident in Quebec and owns property in Ontario, a similar process needs to be undertaken where an application will be made to the court in Ontario for a resealing of that Quebec issued order. Great. Okay. Uh, Elena, can you tell us about how the use of multiple wills could apply to this situation? Sure. Where somebody has property in Ontario and Quebec, uh, we would typically in Ontario recommend that the person either get a separate will in Quebec to deal with their assets there so it can be administered in that jurisdiction separate from their Ontario asset, or we would have a public and private will done in Ontario, and the private will would deal with the disposition of the assets in Quebec. Okay, so the idea is, is that you can have two wills, one will that specifically deals with assets in Quebec, and another will that deals with your assets outside of Quebec or in Ontario specifically, and that can help streamline the process. Is that right, Elena? That's correct. So long as they don't revoke one another, the two documents can exist at the same time and can offer some administrative ease for the executors. Okay, good to know. So I just wanted to highlight another point, another important difference between Ontario and Quebec. So the use of joint tenancy with right of survivorship to transfer assets between co-owners of a particular property on debt. So uh, to explain this concept, Alexander, would, would you mind explaining how this works in Ontario? In Ontario, real property like a house or a condo, and also some types of personal properties such as bank accounts, can be held jointly by two or more people in a form of ownership called joint tenancy with a right of survivorship. So typically married or common law couples own property together as joint tenants with a right of survivorship. And during their lifetimes, the property is indivisibly owned by them equally as joint tenants. However, when the first member of the couple dies, the surviving owner absorbs the deceased owner's rights automatically and then becomes the sole owner of the property. And this contrasts with the other method of co-owning property in Ontario, which is known as being a tenant in common. So people who own property together as tenants in common own a share of the property, oftentimes an unequal percentage that does not pass automatically to their co-owner on death, but instead the share devolves to their estate where it's administered according to the terms of their will. So this is important because only assets forming part of the estate are counted when estate administration tax is levied. Estate administration tax is a tax which is paid when an application for a certificate of appointment of a state trustee, which I mentioned earlier, is made in Ontario, which is based on the value of the assets being administered by the will that's being presented to the court. Based on this, holding property as a joint tenant with the right of survivorship with the person you intend to give the property to on death can be a useful way to reduce tax. However, it's not always a good idea and it must be considered carefully. That's right. The intention has to mirror the ownership. So for example, if there are two people who own property joint with right of survivorship, it has to be the intention of the original owner that the surviving owner is truly the person who will receive those assets on death, not that they are holding that asset for somebody else to be distributed in a different way following the death of the first individual. So Helena, is there an equivalent way of holding property to a joint tenancy with a right of survivorship in Quebec? Actually, no. Um, jointly held property in Quebec is described as being divided or undivided co-ownership, which do not provide for a right of survivorship. So concepts such as joint tenancy and right of survivorship do not exist under Quebec civil law. 
And as a result, transferring your assets in Quebec to your heirs may be more complex than anticipated or not as automatic as one may have anticipated. So when one of the co-owner dies, uh, his share in the property is transferred according to his will, uh, his or her will. And in the absence of a will, uh, according to the rules provided uh, in the Civil Code of Quebec. So it is not possible for the surviving joint owner to automatically inherit the interest of a deceased joint owner by just operation of law. That's a very important distinction. So one final thing, Helena, can you tell us a little bit more about this will registration? You, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, we don't have anything like a, a will registration in Ontario that you do in Quebec. Yeah, sure. Uh, so actually, there are two official uh, re uh, registers for wills in Quebec. So you have the register with the Chambre des Notaires, which is a professional order for notaries. And you also have the Quebec Bar Registration, which is the professional order for lawyers in Quebec. So both registers uh, in Quebec are independent of each other. So you may uh, you may want to make two will searches to uh, search requests. If you search only one, you won't know if there's uh, a more recent will in the other registry. So if you know that the deceased has lived in the province of Quebec before, this may be a step that you want to go through simply to confirm whether or not the deceased had prepared a will with a notary or with a lawyer in the province of Quebec, which may uh, which may uh, be his or her last will and reflect his or, or her last wishes. That's great. Okay. Well, that's a, a very interesting idea to have a, a registry in, as they do in Quebec. It's definitely something that I can imagine would be very useful. Well, that's our show for today. So today we learned that Quebec has a different legal system from Ontario and the rest of Canada. Quebec state laws are different from Ontario laws and prescribe different forms of a will from those in Ontario. People who own assets in Quebec and other provinces should pay particular attention to this fact and review their estate planning lawyer or lawyers familiar with both systems. Our next episode on the podcast, will be talking about gifts. We hope you'll join us. If you've enjoyed our program, please like and subscribe to our future podcasts. And please consider sharing our show with your friends and colleagues. KPMG Law is an international law firm with offices around the world. Our affiliation with KPMG gives us an unprecedented ability to combine legal, accounting, and audit advice for our valued clients wherever they live and do business. At KPMG, we value integrity, excellence, and courage, working together with our clients for a better future. We'd like to thank the KPMG business development team for editing and producing this podcast. And until next time, remember, you can't take it with you.